0: Welcome to The Power to Create Yourself with Ross Ramin. If you or someone you are close to is dealing with addiction, there are so many programs out there that can help you. But how do you gauge which ones are going to work the best for you? Some are expensive, some deal with some of the issues, but don't get to the heart of the matter. Others treat the problem at a basic level, but don't determine ultimate success. Join us now for an hour that sets out to be truly groundbreaking and will help you discover how to find the best program for your addiction problem. Now, here is Ross Rameen.
1: Hey, hey, welcome to the show. This is Ross Rameen. Welcome to uh, The Power to Create Yourself. We are coming to you from the Rebos Treatment Center here in Los Angeles, California. Thanks so much for joining us today. It really means a lot. Uh, We've got people from all over the world that tune in each and every week and I said this during the last show, thank you so much for um, your emails and your kind words, and I'm glad um, this show is helping people. It's a big deal. Every week, I really try to bring um, great stories, um, great experts, um, so that we all can kind of be on the same page when it comes to um, trying to create a person that you want to be in this world. And today will be no exception. We have Nancy joining us um Who is um, who's in treatment right now and is I've been talking to your staff. First of all, welcome to the show. Thank you. You got it. Um, I'm talking to your. You were highly recommended to come chat with us just because um, how you're jumping into this Uh is um, is is different. Um, Not really different. It's correct. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, it's not different. I don't like using it different. It's it's correct. You're doing this the right way. You're um, and I, let me not put words in your mouth, but you're um, you're an alcoholic, correct? That's correct. And uh-huh. you identify as an alcoholic? I do not.
2: I okay. do identify as being in recovery. Good. I don't like to place a label on myself or um, anybody else for that matter. But being in recovery speaks of my past and where I'm at and where I'm going.
1: I don't call myself, you know, I'm an alcoholic. I'm more or less an addict. I I, I call myself an addict. I mean, just more like kind of cuts to the chase type of a thing. Right. But I don't look at myself as an addict. Right. Um, I'm coming on 10 years being sober. I, I, I mean, I look at it as like I'm just, I just look at it as like I'm not a, I don't feel like an addict. I don't. I mean, if I go to an AA meeting or I go to an NA meeting, I say that I'm an addict or I'm an alcoholic just out of respect for the room and just the tradition of what goes on there as you uh-huh. introduce yourself. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't. Um, when people say, "Are you, um, you know, are you are you still an addict?" I, no, I'm not. Right. Um, right. I can act like an addict. I can act like an alcoholic, and if I do that long enough, it'll then you'll be. It'll turn into a relapse. Revert back into that. hundred percent. Right. A hundred percent. Well, interesting. You've um, How many times have you been through this before? Through treatment? treatment. Uh, Trying to get well, so-
2: I did have uh, 10 or 11 years sober back in the early 1990s. Wow. And, yeah. and. Um, you had over 10 years of sobriety? I had over 10 years of sobriety, yes. Wow. And went on a business trip, wasn't feeling well uh feeling well how uh i was just sick i had a flu cold something going on got it and went to the drugstore and i don't know if i was setting myself up to relapse or it was just something that happened because of i wasn't feeling well but i i took a over-the-counter cold medicine Mm -hmm. that contained alcohol Mm. and led me back really with uh within i would say two weeks it led me back to drinking again.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah. So, so wow. Yeah, so you let me go down the let me go down the road a little bit here. Sure. So you have been through treatment a few times, four times if I remember correctly. Yes. And you had over 10 years of sobriety in the early 90s. Correct. Um what And then you relapsed after 10 years cuz you had a you had a cold medicine. I did. Yeah. And um some of these cold medicines now, I mean, it's just they're, I mean, it's, they'll make you shake. I mean, some yeah, of these Yeah, that's are,
2: about all they are is some alcohol in them. So, yeah, you have to really be
1: careful of those. I, there's so many places I want to go with this. Um, <laughs> it's So, let me get no necessary order this. I got to find out, when you had that, did you go into that pharmacy? You know, I always say clients come into my office all the time and they're like, I relapsed. You know, because I'll meet with clients when they relapse. I'm sure. Like, Hey, what's going on here? Is this like, what happened? And most of them say, I don't know. Next thing I know, I, I tripped into a pile of cocaine. Or next thing I knew, <laughs> I did a backflip into a, a vat of vodka. You know, I don't know what, it's the damnedest thing, Ross. Yeah, it just, it just next, fell out of nowhere. Boom. <laughs> it's just like, it was, you wouldn't believe it if I told you. And then I go, so it's a little bit of a chuckle, but I always start breaking it down for them. I say, so what happened? Like, what happened hours before the days before the weeks before you got sick and you had you had just a cold I just had a cold Uh and then so when you got this this was a prescription that you got or was this just right over the counter over the counter did you know what you were getting into yes really no was it a pre-planned like if you had
2: asked me that seven years ago I probably would have said no Knowing what I know today, I would have to say, yes, I set myself up.
1: Then let me, yeah, let me go let me go down the rabbit hole a little farther. Not only were you sick because you just had like a cold, where were you emotionally? What was going on then to make it? I mean, a cold, a little sniffle doesn't push somebody that far over the edge to give up 10 years. Right. Um, I wasn't in probably the best place my life
2: has ever been. I was a single mom with three small children uh, working a very stressful job. Um happened to be on a business trip when i relapsed or when the relapse started i should clarify and just had a lot of stressors that i hadn't dealt with the underlying issues of and where they came from and where they were taking me
1: wow wow so So you were physically sober but the emotional sobriety wasn't there wasn't there there anymore yes yes so stressors in your life. Mm-hmm. You had your job wasn't going the way that you wanted it to go. You got three um, it kids. It was
2: actually well, it was no, it wasn't. It it was. I think it was a combination of everything. What'd you I, do
1: if you don't mind me asking?
2: Um, a contract manager. Okay. In healthcare. Okay. Mhm. Hmm. I was director of operations at the time.
1: Yeah. So you had a lot on your plate.
2: I'm sorry. Lot on your plate. A lot on my plate. small children single parent school you were divorced I was divorced I was back in school for my uh degree oh wow uh a lot on my plate yeah so just life was crushing down on you life was crushing down and I didn't have the tools to cope with life
1: Mm -hmm. when you got sober during that 10-year stint um were you had you ever been sober before that well just as a young adult well, let me ask this how long when did you know that you had a drinking problem probably when i was just over 30 okay what happened how'd you get to that point um there's just, so many valuable points right now that i i, mean, I want to talk <laughs> where about. do you start <laughs> well no but with 10 plus years of sobriety yeah it's such a big thing i want to get back to emotional sobriety and what that means to you mm-hmm. and then when you're you're 30 ish 30 ish you realize that you have a drinking problem
2: I, I had thought about it, yes. I had cocktail night every night with my parents where I moved into their home after my divorce. And How old were you when you got divorced? 32. Okay.
1: How long have you been married for?
2: Nine years. Okay. Um, so I had cocktail night every night, and that was the time the kids disappeared and, you know, did homework or whatever they were doing. And I sat and had, you know, as adults, we sat down and had cocktails in the evening. Mm-hmm. i had grown up with that but i also began to think that that was a little odd what that, do you mean well in that you sit down and have a drink every night when you when you look at how other people drink and can take it or leave it or put it down and walk away and we all sat and had our drinks until they were gone and and
1: you're doing this with your mom and your dad and
2: my, yeah were either them alcoholics my mother died of
1: alcoholism really mm-hmm. wow how old was she when she died?
2: Uh, seventy-five.
1: Okay. Well, when you're seventy-five, how do you die from alcoholism? Did she have dementia? She had
2: cirrhosis. Ah. Yeah. So she had been drinking heavily for some years.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. What What about your father? No. No. Mm-mm. When you your relationship with your husband, um, when you got married, was that relationship built on booze? No. No. It was not. It was and a lot. I
2: hardly ever drank when I was married. Really? Yeah. We would occasionally go out with
1: friends and have a drink, and that yeah. was pretty much it. So it didn't, oh. so did the drinking have a direct correlation with getting divorced, do you no, think? No, no, uh-uh. Really? That
2: started afterwards, and it was the going to parties, going out with friends, that type of thing, while the kids were gone with their dad for the
1: weekend. Mm-hmm. Just trying that to reinvent can, yourself, having a good time, yeah, getting back out on time. the scene? Yeah, having a good time, right. Uh-huh. yeah.
2: And that kind of led to me questioning the drinking pattern. And then... So you had had your wits enough about you to be questioning yourself. Yes. But I've always been a questioner. You know, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing it the right way? So it wasn't
1: unusual for me to question it. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So then you're 32 years old. You're like, hmm... What's going on? What what would you do? What what, are, what what was the step that you made to get ten years? Um, I don't remember
2: what really precipitated it, but I just decided that I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know, waking up hanging hungover and mm-hmm. not feeling well, and so
1: would uh, you drink like drink to like drink blackout drunk drink to no. Were you no, doing anything? Besides drinking too much, were any of your actions, do you uh, getting in fights with your kids, your parents? What were, no. What were repercussions?
2: I really didn't have any. Um, I would miss work okay, no, more than occasionally. That was probably the biggest thing that led me to, remember, I'm young, I'm only 30, my whole career's in front of me. Yeah. Um, that's probably what precipitated getting sober at that time. Yeah. And taking responsibility and I knew I had kids to raise mm. that depended on me and they were in their formative years. So yeah. I I wanted to be there for them and with them.
1: Yeah. Was their father part of their picture?
2: Um on weekends. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he wasn't Just, totally checked out? No, he was not checked out. Uh-huh. Um Was he there like I was? No. But he was there for the kids, yeah.
1: Got it. Got yeah. it. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. So then you got, so how did you get sober for that 10 years? Did you go into a program, AA, what would you do?
2: I simply did AA.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. So I just did. off the street? Yes. A dollar a meeting type gig? Right. Yeah. Right. And you just, you stayed sober for 10 years? I so went, stayed sober for 10 years,
2: went to meetings for most of those 10 years. Hmm. Probably the last mm, three, two or three years, I didn't go to meetings anymore. Got
1: tired of them. Um, uh, what were you telling you? What? I want to know what how hap- how you get tired of them? What what does that mean?
2: Um, just having to go to them, having to be maybe be accountable. Um, I just I just I wanted to do other things on the weekends when I had time to go to meetings. I became engrossed in life again and and forgot that I was going to meetings for a reason. Yeah. And that was to st- was to stay sober.
1: Yeah. So you know, a lot of people. I think it's you know, you know, in the big book they were they only mention meetings twice, twice in the big book, but they don't even mention that you've got to go to meetings to be to stay, sober.
2: Yeah, and to stay sober, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't go to many meetings. Yeah. I don't. I I don't support AA. I um I go to Smart Recovery. Oh, do you? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What do you think nice. of that? You like it? I do. Very much. I started going about uh, two years ago. Really? Um, Yeah, I heard about it from my doctor, and it was real close to where his office is. And so I started going. And um, even I would, a lot of people that go to our meeting are not alcoholics. They don't have a drinking problem. They're there to support a spouse or a child or something, or just to support themselves in, in changing their lifestyle and they find it as being a lot of help as well.
1: It's a you know we used to do a lot of um, we used to, in our we had an old building over in Culver City and we uh-huh. used to do smart recovery meetings out of there. Oh, did you? Yeah, we did. And they um and it was so hard to keep the um the facilitator ended up just he he just stopped doing it and they uh-huh. cuz you can't have just anybody do it. Right. You have, they, to, they be have to be certified, right? Yeah, and it was very difficult and I liked the smart recovery things because I think all any self-help type of a thing, to me, are very similar in mm-hmm. ways of what you ought to do. Like, take away, like, all the spiritual... Take away all the anything else. Just bring it down to the nuts and bolts. You got to be really honest about where you're at. Yes. No matter what you're doing. Raising kids, getting out of bankruptcy, like... You know, training a dog, you know, whatever you got to do. Mm-hmm. You got to get down there. You got to get rid of the, the hoo-ah on the sides and just get down to real basics. And I like their basics. Smart, smart recoveries? Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I like, well, I think their basics are similar to a lot of other programs, but I like, to me, a lot of this stuff is language. It's literally how it's presented.
2: Well, and that's the fact that when you're listening to people, you're listening to their present day problems and experiences Whereas with Alcoholics Anonymous, you're listening to somebody's story from 20, 30, 40 years ago, and it's not as relevant as what's happening to somebody in today's world. And the the issues that they're facing being sober on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. It's not just old stuff.
1: It's, it's new. And a lot of AA people will be like, well, that's... You know, that's valuable to always look in the past so you don't know what to be. And then smart recovery. to say it's so good to live in the present day and all that kind of stuff. And I take I take principles from both programs. I love Because
2: that. I think that's the way they fit together. There's a lot of things about AA that I truly value. I think that you have to be willing to make amends for issues that have happened in your
1: um I think that's past. just, you, um, I'm writing this down, principles uh-huh. of both programs. Uh-huh you just made me happy.
2: Hopefully someday they'll merge together and come out with the perfect program.
1: Listen, I want to take a quick be- uh, quick break real quick and I want to I want to talk about the principles of both programs and why it's so valuable. Not just to be like I'm just this or I'm just this cuz wh- whether we're talking about alcohol drugs, alcohol, kids, you name it it's so it it paints you in such a box when people put this like label around labels you. around you boxes around you whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it so let's take a quick break and then i just want to get your two cents on principles okay. of these programs okay Sounds hey good. everybody thanks for joining us we're with nancy right now we're talking about drugs we're talking about alcohol we're talking about um how we have success in this world and um I'm, it's a pleasure to have you with us we'll Thank be right you. back
3: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: Getting sober isn't just about not drinking and not doing drugs. It's a way of life. At Rebos, we have a team of talented professionals, each with their own clear and distinct message to walk clients from the darkest point in their lives out into the light. Rebos offers a carefully curated selection of groups and workshops in addition to a minimum of six individual sessions per week. At Rebos, we believe there are no cookie-cutter clients, and we meet every individual where they are at today. It's not a Rebos program. It's your program. Our team wants to help as many people as possible become who they want to be. And if you don't know who you want to be, we'll help you. Visit rebostreatment.com to learn more about the Rebost Treatment Center. That's rebostreatment.com.
3: Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Real Life Solutions. Voice America Health and Wellness.
0: You are listening to The Power to Create Yourself with Ross Rameen. To find out more about Ross and the program, visit the Rebos Treatment Center website at rebostreatment.com. Now, back to the Power to Create Yourself.
1: Hey, hey! welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us again. Um, Nancy, I want to talk about you. Before we just talked in our last segment that um, you went through AA, got sober for 10 years. Two years ago, you ended up relapsing. Two years ago, you got into smart recovery, which people don't realize... What were you
2: say? Uh, I was gonna say. Let me clarify that a little more. Okay. Um, it's more than two years ago that I relapsed. Mm-hmm. It's been about fifteen years ago that I relapsed.
1: When did you get into smart recovery, though? Uh, into smart recovery about two years ago. Okay. So two years ago, you got into smart recovery. Right. Perfect. So for those that don't know what smart recovery is, I just want to touch on that. There's, you know, there's an AA based program. There's a non AA based program, right. and there's a lot of versions to non AA. Right. Um, AA is the 12 steps, non AA. There's a variety of different programs out there. One of the programs is called smart recovery. And I highly recommend you guys look it up. I believe it's smart recovery. Org, if yes, I'm not, it is. Smartrecovery.org. Um, look them up. I think they, they're they're a great program. And one thing that you said beforehand made me so happy because it's really the principles that I built this program on. Mm-hmm. Is you're taking principles of both programs. Right. And there's one thing that I always watch people in this world, no matter what the subject is, is people close the door on 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 different ways of life so fast when, yes, they might not be relevant now, but you might be able to use something from it later and people right. like will develop – especially in this, I don't know why there's such a hatred towards non-AA from AA people and vice versa. Yes. They get really angry with each other, which to me is just total drug addict, alcoholic behavior. It's counterproductive. It's like, you know what? I'm not dead. And <laughs> if I got to go sit in a chicken coop and squawk like a chicken or bark like a dog inside of a chicken coop, <laughs> whatever <laughs> words, You know what? I'm not dead. I'm being honest. I'm being a productive person in society. It's so amazing to me. So the fact that you would say that, because I did that myself, I literally went to a non-AAA treatment center when I got Uh sober, Uh uh, arguably the most famous of them all. And then I, but during that time, I also went to AA meetings. Granted, I went there to go meet girls in the beginning. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, But you know what? I went and it slowly started wearing off. I mean, I started seeing what was going on. And it was shocking to me because I had such a bad taste in my mouth about AA that I really started realizing that I was like, that was like the side, that was like the sabotaging side of my head that was like trying to like. Sabotage me. Mm -hmm. I mean, basically, uh, it won't be good for you. And I really realized, it's like, you know what? There's nothing in this world that I can fully buy into 100%. Exactly. You're going to take a little bit from anything
2: and everywhere. And if it's experience that gives you strength, all the
1: better. My mom used to make ribs, okay? Like barbecued ribs. Yeah. And she had a little bit, her recipe, uh, she's been gone about a year and a half now, but... If I'm not mistaken, one day she told me, so mom, where'd you get this? She goes, Well, I got a little bit from my mom, I got a little bit from our Aunt Nancy, and I got a little bit from somebody else right. to make this recipe, which are the world's to me, the world's best ribs. Right. Um, and it's the same way which gave her the success of making those. And it's just like with this, you take a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and it's amazing to me what you know, I'm almost 10 years sober. What's important to me now as opposed what what's relevant to me now? from AA, and what wasn't relative to me when i was 10 days sober as opposed to 10 years sober
0: mm-hmm.
1: um so i that makes me smile that you that you are mature enough in your head there's because maturity to me is not anything to do with age right maturity is right is a it's just it's a way of life of how you view living life yeah. it's your filter that you see through with life it's interesting to me um so let's get back to this so you, you go to you go to you go to smart recovery meetings now, correct? Uh-huh. How yes. often do you go?
2: Um, well, having been in the program here, I haven't gone to as many, mm-hmm. um, simply because they're not geographically convenient for me right now. That's
1: the only problem—they're not everywhere you want them to be. Exactly. It's hard. They're hard to find. They're hard to find. So they're getting more. To,
2: they are getting more, and they do have um, meetings online. Yeah. Well, oh, there you go. Yeah. So there's. Can you find those helpful option. when you're online? I, I haven't gone to an online one because where I live, I have one close to me, so it's and so I go there. Yeah. Um. So usually I go to two a week. Mhm. And I supplement it with AA meetings. Do you really? I do. Good for you. Yes. Um, Why not? As I said, I think AA has some principles that are extremely helpful, not only for alcoholics but for just living life in general, and um. I've also been to refuge recovery as well. What do you think of that? Um, it's different. Yeah. It's a little more 12-step based um, than yeah. I like. But yeah. I figure if you need to go to a meeting and you need to hear something positive and something good, anything's better than nothing. You don't got to take it all home with you. That's right. I'll, I'll take what I le- need and leave the rest. Yeah. And that's what I do with every meeting that I and go to. And that's a
1: sign of just maturity in life. Mm-hmm. You know, just no. So many people throw a stink. They'll hear... And this is what I'm so. This is like a non-like mature mind will throw a stink over. They'll hear a hundred good things and one bad thing, and they discard the bad thing. Well, or they'll ride the the one bad. I can't believe they said this, and then you talk to people, and it's like, well, they said all like fifty other great things, but your head is going yeah, towards the one. I just one reversed
2: bad. that. <laughs> yeah, But that's what I meant. Yeah,
1: it's a ama- My head, I was, I was the king of it. Mm -hmm. I would make up so much stuff. And until somebody wrote it down, like, so what'd you like about this? I can't remember what we were talking about at the time, but that was the day I had just like an aha moment. I was like, wow, am I negative? I take one thing. I switched it. I had to, when I first got sober, um, I used to, I had something in me that people would ask me how many days sober I got. I went through eight different programs, took me over 15 years. And I used to go so crazy when I would um, when I would uh, go and try to get straight that people would ask me how many days I got and I got so jacked up by the by the days. Yeah. And I would have ninety great days and um well oh, there you go. And I I had I'd have like I'd have like a hundred and some odd days. I'd have one bad day. I'd have one bad day. And I would relapse after one bad day mm-hmm. we totally disregarding all the other all the, the 99 other ones. great days. Right. And I remember when I went through treatment the last time, they asked me every all the time, he goes, you know, my counselor would always ask me, they're like, So what are you gonna do different? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I how much how do I I guess I have to want it more? He goes, mm-hmm. Well, I think you already want it. And he goes, but you got to get smarter of how you do it. And I stopped after like, I think 20 or 30 days. And hey, I don't recommend this for anybody. This just worked for me as I say this. But I stopped counting my days. I've never counted days. I counted by three. I used to count them every by quarters, like a business. Yeah. Because I started thinking, I was like, you know how many times I have relapsed after one bad day and a hundred great days. And I started doing it's like. It's like if I owned a business and I had one bad day, and I had two quarters of financial success. Would I close my business after right. one bad day? Right. And I thought that that clicked for me in my head. Um. And you know, day at a time. Hey, in the beginning, I did I did six hours at a, a time. At a time.
2: I shouldn't say I don't count days because I know how many days I've been sober, but.
1: It's You'll have You'll have ninety days when this year. Uh, you know you're exactly. going to have ninety days next week.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I know how many days I have, but I don't count days because those days, those times I relapsed, I still had those years of sobriety. Mm-hmm. I was still sober. I was still doing it. That doesn't. A relapse doesn't take away the success of many days or many years. Just because you relapsed for a day or two, mm-hmm. or even a year. You still have those. That time sober, you still learned what you learned during that time. You can't take that away. They're that's active like, days of your life. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like taking part of your life away.
1: you are a living chapter in your story. Mhm. It's mm-hmm. you know I I think that's smart.
2: So maybe being aware of the days is is a smart thing as well.
1: I do like celebrating it though. Like I'm coming yeah. on ten years. Yeah. It's like, you know, I was telling talking to somebody today about it, and it was like. I'm coming on ten years in a month. It'll be t- tomorrow. Will be one month for that. I'll ha- in in a month from tomorrow. It'll be ten years. And it was like, you know what? It's so difficult to to have anything for ten years. Have a plant that stays alive in your house. To have a <laughs> yeah. physical object. To have a pet that stays alive that long. I mean, think about all those things. That I mean, just to hold on to something for that long. Right. And especially with what you and I do. Right. I mean. It's like I'm I'm a decision. I'm like one and a half decisions away from like a trip to Bangkok. Like <laughs> I will go like totally out of my mind. <laughs> so to walk such a tight rope like that mm-hmm. is so difficult. I mean, you can have a marriage that goes over long that, and you know, not, you know, not condoning this, but I mean, cheat on your husband or you cheat on your spouse. And but yet you could still get a 50 year marriage because you guys can make up. Right. I cheat on myself. I literally will be in figuratively Bangkok, Thailand, like out of my mind. Like yeah. <laughs> crazy. So it takes a lot. So I like celebrating that. But I get I, you I too. Yeah.
2: You still have those days. You still have those years. You still have that experience. They're your
1: chapters. Yeah. I mean if you gave your if you gave your personal story to somebody and ripped out those years, they'd say, What happened to the yeah. chapter three? Yeah. What, what where to go where to go i want to know what happened in there that's some juicy stuff in there yeah yeah so what okay what happened to you so you relapsed a few years ago mm-hmm. and now you're coming on 90 days mm-hmm. what happened from when you relapsed? and this has been three years yeah uh no it's been more like 15 years off and on off and on for 15 years mm-hmm. so you're so you lost that 10 years, 15 years ago? Correct. Okay. What's been going on for the last 15 years? Just different. Did you ever think that you weren't a drunk anymore, an alcoholic? Uh, yes, I
2: did. Okay. Yeah. You, I, th- I think everybody goes through that period where they Rationalization think I can handle time. this. And it's been interesting because this time in treatment, I've learned a, a lot more about myself, about... Uh, my upbringing, about how I look at life in general, and have been able to form some reasons why I I have gone back to drinking each time. And while I don't like to play the blame game, like I did it because my mom did this or my dad did that, or I was raised in such a way that I was raised to believe whatever. Um, But I have learned that there are circumstances in your life that f- guide the way you learn to think, and those form your opinions of how your life should be. And um, that's that's really come out in some of my therapy sessions lately, learning more about myself, more about my life, and um, thereby learning why I drank. Why is that? Um. Ways I was raised that taught me to believe I was lesser than, even though so I self-confidence know. self-confidence issues? Self-confidence, um, self-respect, um, n- and not necessarily that the things that were said were said in a mean way or a hurting way. Yeah. But in your own mind, you form an opinion of what's said, and you come to believe that. And so it leads you down that road of, well, my mom said this, therefore I'm not smart. Or my dad said this, and therefore I'm not pretty. You know, whatever it may be. And you, you feed that into your subconscious, and it comes up in issues where um, later in life, where you're using this information to make more accurate decisions.
1: Yeah. You're so, not letting it own you. Right. Well, you're learning you're learning what the pitfall is. yes, so you can so you can change that perception or just avoid it or avoid it or learn to live with it. it's this is like driving. When you learn how to drive, I remember this. they're like, don't ever look at the hood of your car. Look oh. ten to twenty ten to thirty yards down the road. Mm-hmm. that way, you can see the deer that you know where where I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, we'd have deer. Oh. You know, you can see the deer. You can see the kid chasing the little red ball through the street. So you're not like looking at the hood of your car. It's it's kind of similar. If you walked around just looking at your toes all day, you'd run into the wall. Right. You know, getting sober, and knowing what what tweaks you because this is a great. You know, as we go into break right now, you don't crave alcohol anymore, like off the bat. No. But if your emotions get the better of you. They can spin out of control, which will turn into you running hot, so to say, Uh which, you know, your emotions get the better of you. And then the only way to bring that back down is a cocktail. Correct?
2: That would have been true in the past. Yeah. Through therapy, I've learned how to bring that back down in other ways.
1: Yeah. So exactly my point. Yeah. It's like like seeing the big picture. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And that's what people always want to know. Like, how do you not, Ross, how do you not relapse? And it's like, well, after a certain amount of time, your body doesn't have a physical craving towards the alcohol or the drugs anymore. Exactly. But our emotions get the better of us and we start running hot and we don't know how to like take care of ourselves right. to bring that down. Or we're not being honest that your mother drives you crazy at the holidays. Therefore, you <laughs> should not go to your mother's house for the holidays. on Christmas Eve. <laughs> I mean, it's like, what do you, it's like walking the mile. It's, right. What are you doing? Right. Um, you know what? This girl you're dating, Ross, is out of her mind, and you're wondering why you come home every Sunday, like wanting to pull your hair out. Yeah. And you have to quit doing the same thing, expecting different results. Wow. So many smart ones have come up with that one. That's yeah. a good way.
2: <laughs> Probably some, but it's smart recovery.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, hey, we're going to take a quick break, and I want to get into um, really what makes you productive now. What makes you happy now? Why you think that you're going to be or, and I want to get into why you found your way to Rebos. What 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 what's really going on here and why you think you're going to be successful? Okay. All right. Thanks for joining us guys. We'll be right back. If you want more information about the Rebos program, please go to rebostreatment.com. Um you can reach out to us there. We've got a ton of information on ebooks and blog posts on every subject you can ever imagine. We really go out of our way to give you a lot of good information on this. So please check it out. Rebostreatment.com. We'll be right back. Your life, your
2: health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
0: Getting sober isn't just about not drinking and not doing drugs. It's a way of life. At Rebos, we have a team of talented professionals, each with their own clear and distinct message to walk clients from the darkest point in their lives out into the light. Rebos offers a carefully curated selection of groups and workshops in addition to a minimum of six individual sessions per week. At Rebos, we believe there are no cookie-cutter clients, and we meet every individual where they are at today. It's not a Rebos program. It's your program. Our team wants to help as many people as possible become who they want to be. And if you don't know who you want to be, we'll help you. Visit RebosTreatment.com to learn more about the Rebost Treatment Center. That's R-E-B-O-S Treatment.com.
3: or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? A fresh look at today's
2: health. Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: You are listening to The Power to Create Yourself with Ross Rameen. To find out more about Ross and the program, visit the Rebos Treatment Center website at rebostreatment.com. Now back to the power to create yourself.
1: Hey, hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us. Um, we are talking to Nancy right now about uh, her story and where she's been, and I'm just, um, I to the death. What you have said has been, um, I haven't had a had a person on like you in a while to be really honest and I mean that sincerely thank you just got goosebumps saying that (laughs) you know you've been through four different treatment programs Mm -hmm. um you've had over 10 years of sobriety Mm -hmm. um you have kids you've been married you've you you've had a real life I have you know you've had a real life ahead of you um behind you and ahead of you now and you have um I think you've turned over a lot of rocks. You figure out a lot of things about yourself and what you want to do. That's correct. You were probably one person in your thirties, and now you're whatever age you are now, and you're a different lady now. Yep, a very different lady. Different principles. Like, I do. For, forget about the drinking. Like you're, you have a different values about life now, don't you? I do. What are the? What, what do you think those are? And did you get those because you went through treatment this last time, or did you marry those? like newer, I don't know how to put it. Like, um, or are those just something you get just with just growing up? I guess. I think it's a combination of both, but I, um,
2: a lot of the way I feel and interpret my feelings today are because of what I've learned about myself in treatment. Mm -hmm. Um, I've learned a lot of why I do certain things in certain ways and how I can change those things or change the feeling and interpret it differently and come out with a different result.
1: That was huge. Interpret the feeling differently. hmm That's incredible. Do you have one specifically you could share? Oh, I... I and basically, it just comes down to how you view, I mean, Anything. I mean, how you view people when you drive, how I mean, honestly, (laughs) that's very
2: true. I don't swear at people when I drive anymore. Uh, I figure you don't know where they're coming from. You don't know what's happened in their day. They could be running to the hospital because their mother is dying and not just being an idiot on the road.
1: Honestly, God that is one of the biggest things that I've gotten in my sobriety is really looking at the big picture, not only for myself of what makes me happy and what could possibly make me really sad, really angry, but just taking that like one second to think, you know, this person is just honking like a mad woman or mad man at me at the stoplight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I might've cut them off, but it's was an reaction. Yeah. And the reaction that they're giving me, Definitely does, yeah, does not, does not fit the crime. You know, it's like, and you're looking at them and they are literally Screening. yelling through their window, spits, like going on the inside <laughs> of the window. They are going so bananas. And I have learned to like going, I have no idea. I, I'm not going to get in a yelling fight with them. I have no idea. Obviously something is not right, right in, their, in world. their world. And you know what? That doesn't mean that they're a crazy person. I'm just going to pray for him cheerfully, yeah. <laughs> you know, as they were a sick friend. Right. Um, but what, what, what do you, what keeps you going now? And you got, you're coming on 90 days. What's going to make you get another 90 days? What's going to make this length of sobriety better than the 10 plus years you had before? Stronger, better. What are you learning here? What have you learned? In the, how many days you've been here? Um. 60 days about 45 okay 45 so far what do you what have you learned here and beforehand that you that you know is going to make this next chapters plural in your life better
2: I've learned a lot of different things from the four different treatment centers that I've been to and each one of them has built on my experiences of what I learned before um
1: I can't think mm-hmm I, um, who were you before? Like when you came into treatment, so let's think about this. Um, you've been sober 90 days, right? Describe me the lady that was 90 days ago, 90 days ago. I would have gotten very upset if somebody
2: had cut me off. Okay. 90 days ago, I would have, I would have told my children and probably in not such a nice way that they were wrong. Rather than just letting them have their own opinion, so it's the acceptance of other people in my life, being kind, being accepting,
1: um, being comfortable in my own skin. So, and that's and to me that sounds, and I know it's hard to think about it, like who you were. You yeah. Know? So when I yeah, ask that is. question, I get it. I really get it. It's really where you've come. Not only are you more accepting of others, and I'm not saying to sound cheesy right now. But it sounds like you're more accepting of yourself. I am much more accepting of myself. It sounds I've like you learned, were pretty hard on yourself.
2: I was, and that's what that's one of the things I've learned in therapy. You beat is yourself up emotionally. I beat myself up over some of the smallest things, and maybe don't even take enough things that I need to take seriously, take them seriously at all. Um, but I've I've also learned that. In general, day-to-day life, I don't need to be as serious. Life is meant to be fun. Hmm. And I don't think I had fun before. And now I can laugh things off and say, eh, this too shall pass.
1: Just let it go. I think everybody should have a T-shirt that says, this too shall pass. Pass. (laughs) (laughs) Just everybody, for one day, let's everybody just walk around T-shirts that just say that. This too shall pass.
2: Just let people be who they are. And... That's another thing I've learned, and not only in treatment, but in day-to-day life. When I settle down, I learn how kind people really are. You know, People are basically very good and want nothing but success for you.
1: And some people are just, they're very good, but you know what, they're just sad. They're sad. And they just, you know what, I don't, the amount of people that are really bad people in this world. Are very small. I, yeah, I think there's just a lot of people that are just really sad, and they're just They're just running so damn hot. Yeah. They don't know how to deal with life. And I think if people really just stood back and really just thought about somebody else for the minute, Mm -hmm. as opposed to themselves, like, Mm -hmm. why does this person hate me? Or why are they acting this way towards me? When it could have nothing to do with you. Yeah, they are acting a way towards you, but... You're probably not the fuel for it. They don't even see you. You're just a uh, you're a figure. Yeah. yeah, you're just like the silhouette, yeah. like in front of you.
2: Yeah, they I mean, don't see you for for what you're doing. They're off in their own world, worrying about something else. That's pretty damn logical.
1: Yeah, why is that so hard for everybody to get? Yeah, it's not all about you. You know, I think that's one. I think that's a really big point that that we do hear it. You know, when you go to treatment, wherever you're at, if you go to a credible treatment center, not only are you learning, you should learn why drugs are bad for you and alcohol is not bad for you, which you pretty much learn from a young age, Mm -hmm. but you learn on a different level why they are, but you really learn how to drive yourself. And it sounds like you're... I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was
2: going to say, then that's what I've learned being here at Rebos is... The attention that I need to give myself to make myself whole and to make myself um, a grown-up in a grown-up body, not just sloughing off the immaterial things, to, to, more to let them slide off your skin and and more about the deep person that's in front of
1: me. Yeah, yeah. How, what do your kids see when they see you now? In the last, you know, coming on ninety days, are you still are you in contact with them?
2: Um, not
1: so much. So okay. Do you um, see do you see a future for that? I
2: do, very definitely. I do. They're having some difficulties of their own right now with uh, my relapses, and that
1: burnt them a little thin. That
2: yes, exactly, and they need time to heal and recover as well. And I understand that. I I. If you had asked me that 90 days ago, I would have said, oh, well, they're just, they're horrible people. They won't support me, you know, my efforts. And now I realize that they they need time to heal and they need time to recover.
1: This is a huge point. I got to ask you this. You know, a lot of people, what you just said just kind of made my stomach turn a little bit in a good way. You know, in a sad way, in a good way, though. But like 90 days ago, you would have put it on them. Yes. And now you, you're I own able, it. you're, I own it. how did you own it? Like, how did you go through that process to be able to stand back in, like, you literally have to emotionally get out of your body and kind of like stand on a hill to look at the big picture. That's what I had to do. How'd you do I that? I had to be willing to look at the,
2: at, at Another my opinion? Thoughts. Almost look at another opinion. Look at another opinion. And that's what my counselors have done for me is give me, if is show me those opinions and have me look at the situation from my kid's point of view and how they felt that
1: the cards that were dealt.
2: Yeah. Right. Right. And why, why they, they really have a reason to be upset with me. And, to be disappointed and expect more, and it takes time. And anything that they feel, I, I've given them the opportunity to feel that way, yeah. and I have to change that opinion of them, of of me to them.
1: Yeah.
2: It's huge. It's huge, but I've had really good counselors, really good counseling.
1: That right there. Great groups. I mean it's one thing to understand, and I can't stress this enough for the people that are listening. And this was probably this was a big a big thing for me. It's like not only do we have to realize that, you know what, we can't drink anymore and accept that. Right. We can't do drugs anymore. We right. can't drink anymore, depending on what your flavor is. You know, that's one hurdle you gotta jump. And then you gotta jump how to keep your emotions in check. Mm-hmm. But then you also have to go. That you have to, you can't control other people's emotions. And a lot of people that go through treatment, they get so angry at their families because they're changing. You're a different lady than you were 90 Absolutely. days ago. Absolutely.
2: But they haven't changed one bit. And that's okay.
1: That's right. That's their world, that's, that's their right. side of the street. That's right. And I have to I had to be able to do that myself. It's like my brother is one way. My one of my sisters is another way. My other sisters one way. My mom was one way. I've got nephews and nieces and friends. And you know what? None of them are on the same page. Yeah. And that's that's not a bad thing. It's just they're literally physically different people. (laughs) Right. You know, with what makes the world go around. It's right? what it is. It n- has nothing to do with it. And they all have their own like problems in this world, their own successes in this world, their own everything in this world. And just because I am doing the gig yeah. and I'm doing, like, look at me. I'm sweating like a peacock. I'm sober mm-hmm. X amount of days. Mm-hmm. Everybody should come back to me. And it's like, you know what? They've been through their gauntlet. And you know what? They're so sick of, for me at least, I only speak of myself. They're so sick of me saying, I'm sorry. And I'm better now. And I'm better now. I got it. I got, I got it. it. I got it. It's I'm fine. Cured. I'm better. Let's not talk about it. Let's talk about something else. Mm-hmm. Um, Everybody should just be fine because I'm fine. You know what? And so, yeah. And you know what? My mom came around pretty quick. Yeah. Um. You know, and I that, that meant a lot to me. Yeah. Um. And maybe she still had a little eyebrow raised at sometimes, but she didn't let me know about it. My brother was a little bit slower. No big deal. You know right. what? He had his own gig. Yeah. You know, my sisters, they had their own time. You know, and, you know, I had some other friends that literally won't talk to me anymore. And I've got some other friends that were pretty much right on. But it's like, you know what? Don't oversell it. Right. Don't just be you. Because otherwise you sound like a car salesman. Right. Like you're selling a lemon.
2: I mean, I know that we're here doing this from Rebos and and that's an important thing. But as I said, too, I went to four other treatment centers and each one I learned something else. I So without a doubt, it's, it's. Getting the, it's putting yourself out there and getting the help that you need to make yourself a better person, however, you get that. The last treatment. Do you get it at a treatment center? Do you get it at AA? Do you get it
1: from a private therapist? I got sober physically at the last treatment center. And yes, they gave me a ton of information. But the one thing I got at that treatment center was an open eye. To look over all the life lessons from all the treatment exactly. centers, all the sit-down conversations with my mom, my dad, my brother, some random dude, some random counselor, and add up because they were all valuable life lessons. Right. And you know what? Yeah, we haven't taught you everything. But you know what? You're you're a smart enough gal that you can look at all these other things with a clear head and go. That's useful. <laughs> That's because
2: I've had people open my eyes and make me want to be a better person and look at look at what I've done and what I can do. Yeah. Wow. And I've had a lot of help in doing that.
1: You're amazing. Thank you. You really are. Thank Nancy, you. Nancy, you've blown my socks off. I really, um, it's been such a pleasure to have you. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure it's to be fo- here. I, I just watch you, how you're going through all this, and... Just keep doing it. Just Thanks. be honest with yourself. And you know what, other people, you know, I always say when you come to Rebos, and if you come to a good program, you know, you get over a year's worth of therapy in 30 days here. Yeah. You know what? Your family hasn't had that. Right. You know right. what? Which and isn't that's bad. That's what
2: we have to remember, too. Yeah. We've had
1: therapy, but they haven't had that luxury. And even if they do, they're not in a place where this is your job for the last 30 days. They right. can go see an outside counselor, but we got to be patient. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. So I appreciate. It. Thanks for coming. Well, I was nervous about having to do this, but yeah, you did well. great. You did great. <laughs> Everyone, thanks so much for joining us this week. Again, if you want to find out more information, um, catch up on past episodes that we've had with other clients and other professionals. You can go to rebostreatment.com. You can check us out on Apple iTunes for past um, podcasts. Our our website has it as well, along with eBooks and blog posts on a variety of subjects. Um, Tune in next week. Next Tuesday, we'll be here. And um, thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
0: you for joining us this week on the power to create yourself we hope to have you tune in again next tuesday at noon eastern time 9 a.m pacific time for another edition with ross ramin on the voice america health and wellness channel have an enlightening week